0: Welcome back to Off The Chain, the backbone for storytelling across builders, creators and collectors within Web3. Each episode we dive into how these technologists use the power of blockchain to build businesses and foster creativity. Today we've got Amanda Gadbo, the Culture and Community Lead at Proof. Proof started off as a private collective of a thousand dedicated NFT collectors and artists that has morphed into building, creating community centric products that celebrate art, connect collectors and activate creative entrepreneurship. In her role, Amanda has a front row seat to everything at Proof and today's podcast covers what it means and takes to be a community lead at an NFT project, the evolution of communities since NFTs exploded in popularity the importance of diversity and inclusion, and more. Enjoy. Amanda, what's going on? So nice to meet you. Really
1: nice to meet you too. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. I am so excited about this conversation. I obviously do my research before I speak to people, and I try just to get a sense of what they're like. Are they more quiet? Are they more outgoing? And something that I thought was really interesting is I went through your Twitter feed and I noticed (laughs) during Art Basel, it literally took me 20 minutes to go through photos that you had reposted that people had (laughs) took of you during Art Basel. And It just got me so excited about this podcast because from those photos alone, I really knew you'd bring great energy. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, That's probably the best thing about my job is the IRL connections and just sharing that and giving everybody just a little love like that's just what I'm here for. And so if you take a picture with me and you're excited to see me, like, of course, I'm going to retweet, of course, I'm going to you know share and and you know pay that forward and
0: so i of course know who you are but for those who don't know who you are can you just give a little bit of background on first your name your role (laughs) and maybe just a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into the podcast
1: Sure. My name is Amanda, but I go by aka Stevie. My role is the head of culture and community at Proof. How did I, you know, how did I kind of get here? It's a, it's a bit of a long story. I've always kind of been in online communities. I have, you know, I've been on Reddit for over 10 years. I'm an only child. I have found a lot of really awesome uh, connections just through by meeting people online and, and uh, having some really cool conversations. I've always kind of never really felt 100% like everybody else. And so the online is a really great place to, to kind of connect with people. I had started with traditional trading and made some really cool friends, had a little private subreddit. And one of them was into NFTs and they just sort of red-pilled me on, on NFTs. I started just buying a bunch of really illiquid art and was like losing money uh, when all my friends were just like flipping. And over time, I just sort of learned the right kind of cadence on that, but really kind of fell in love with with the community aspect of it. When when I was trading before, my biggest strengths was like the fundamentals, right? And it's hard to find out what the fundamentals of an NFT project really is. But one of the easiest ways to kind of tell the quality of a a community or, or of a project is by its community. And that was always like the special sauce for me. And that was something that i felt like was being kind of it wasn't as as uh much of a focus until kind of recently but kind of immediately once i started trading nfts i was like oh this is it like twitter and how like kind of connected everything is with social like it's really going to matter you know the right kind of people who are advocating for a certain project professionally i've always done comms public relations and like emergency management for local government and so it was really easy for me to see how better to to kind of community manage just because that's something that i've been doing for over 10 years myself one of my friends was a volunteer mod at proof and so he just always kind of kept us updated to what was going on and he sent me the the link for the job and i met with kevin and you know the rest is history
0: the rest is history and you yeah. brought up something very interesting. You were in charge of the communications and emergency management. And for those who don't know, is for the city of Pasadena in California. Yes. Emergency management. What are some <laughs> lessons that you learned from your prior job that you brought to proof in this chaotic NFT world?
1: I mean, I have to say that's probably the most like applicable thing that I've taken from my old world just because the obviously NFTs can be very, you know, FUD centric, can be sort of negative, can feel like you have to react immediately. And so I've had like just, you know, years of always being on call, you know? When I worked for Pasadena, I also really worked uh, with the water and power department. And so, you know, if there's, you know, an outage or a big flood or something, you have to kind of stay on call. And the biggest thing that I kind of learned on that is, is how to stay calm, how to prepare for you know the worst. Know what you're going to say, how you're going to communicate it. How to also come off as as you know trustworthy, somebody that can provide you know clear instructions or clear information, and you know do it with a, a level of of excellence and like preparedness. And so that definitely has helped me where. You sort of see sometimes in other discords, you hear that like some of the mods absolutely go crazy or or something, right? With uh, a lot of pressure on them. And I think that I've just sort of learned how to kind of get into that zone and not really be so affected by, you know, pressure or negativity or anything.
0: We're clipping that and we're going to send that to every single current <laughs> and future com- community mod. That's great. Yeah, man, and We're human. I, I, think- I get it. I get it. That's exactly it. But you, you bring up such a good point of staying calm and whether you're a community lead, whether you're a CEO, whether you're an account manager, staying calm is something that is going to stick with you forever. And it keeps everyone around you really feeling safe and sane. And so I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> Moving on to community. Of course, yeah. we hear that all the fucking time. The beautiful thing is I've got a community lead on the podcast today. So we can really (laughs) go into it. What does community mean to you?
1: Community to me means a shared interest and shared values. It also means growing together, learning to kind of trust each other. It seems like bullshit. I completely understand and there's a lot of projects that I think are misusing that word for to mean one thing or another, but for me it's it's shared values as well as as shared support, that means. The, the project will support the community and the community will support the project, you know, and it's a two-way street. And I think that we try to kind of uh, embody that with, you know, if you went onto the Moonbirds um, Twitter right now, you would see all the different retweets that we're doing for different people's projects, or even just like, you know, giving us, you know, props for something that we've done, you know, we want to share them. Uh, one of the things I really enjoy doing is like, uh, if we if i see somebody who's shared a really cool tweet i'll follow them on the moonbirds account and to see how excited they are to get a follow from the moonbirds account is huge you know we still have i think maybe even a hundred, like under 400 people uh that we follow so it's not a ton but it's usually always you know only community members and we want to try to make a point to that of like we are here to support you um and so this idea of shared values you know is hard to always get, especially in like a newer project. And that's why I'm super excited that we've been around now for about eight months. And I think that we've really, we're getting to that like ideal community curation level in which I think that the people who are here are here for a long time and are here because they kind of understand our cadence and the way that we like to do things and they're on board and when you have that it's going to be a lot easier to kind of grow with each other and when
0: you think about your role for other people to better understand it Can you dive into what does a culture and community lead at a project like Proof entail?
1: I would consider my role to be really quite different from maybe your standard like community manager role, um, especially because of this idea of culture. Right. It's, It's kind of vaguely uh it's it's purposely vague because it it can mean really anything and it often means everything so um you know in the slack chat i am you know deeply involved in everything that's kind of going on at the very least i'm 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 reading everything and trying to understand everything so that's whether that's you know checking up on what's going on with like the product side or on the engineering side really trying to kind of understand where they are on their timeline so that i can also Kind of put all of those things together and communicate that out to our com- to our community it's super super important and so i am really the one person probably on the team that knows what everyone else is doing outside of kevin you know right or you know some of the like the 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 C that's gangster people. yeah that's gangster. I love that. <laughs> so i'm just like what what's happening wait what are you guys doing oh yeah that's really great because these people are working on this and this will be a really great tie, right? Like it's when, when uh, we're all kind of racing against a very similar timeline, it's really difficult to kind of understand what everyone is doing. And it's not really necessary in most places, but because sometimes I am, I am usually the first line of defense, you know, when Oh my I, I was just about to say that I was just about to say, you seem like you're the first
0: line of defense.
1: Yeah. So if if Kevin and Justin aren't aren't around to maybe speak for the team, I'm usually the one that has the most context there and I can help, you know, explain something or or put something into this sort of bigger picture. And I'm I'm super grateful for that because it allows me to stay as bullish as I can be because I'm incredibly bullish, but I also know everything that's going on, you know, in in the background and I can kind of speak to that. So effectively I am yeah, that front line, like in b- between the community and the team, like I am that person right in, b- in between that kind of goes, just goes back and forth, uh, internal communications, external communications, et cetera, et cetera.
0: The beautiful thing about hosting this podcast is I get to speak to a lot of people who are passionate about their roles and already 10 minutes in, I could tell how passionate you are. What's been a incredibly exciting moment or achievement that you've had in your role so far?
1: Oh, I mean, having, getting, okay, so when 776 uh, invested in, into Proof, my mom loves Serena Williams, right? She's like, do you think you get to meet Serena Williams one day? Do you get to meet Alexis one day? Like, you know, all of those things. And we had this meetup in San Francisco where Alexis was there and I got to meet him and we got to have a really long conversation we even actually were were talking on the on the ride back to the airport as well he's such an incredibly like gracious person but he also like Oh yeah i know who you are like i first of all i'm like it i stay up to date with everything that my investments does and i know that you are kind of like that voice so i followed you i know who you are and like we could actually have this conversation and i'm just sitting there kind of out of my body like alexis knows who i am and he's like commenting on some of the things that i've said and done and that sort of really made it click for me because you know on day, on week 1 when you're working with Kevin Rose it's like it's huge right but you do it every single day and it just becomes that's just your boss regardless of whether or not you know how successful he really is so like the interactions that i have with the team even though everybody is like top tier sometimes when i go outside of the team and somebody outside of the team kind of recognizes it 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 uh it blows my mind i still have no idea how i
0: got here or like what, but it's
1: just really, really cool.
0: That's so wonderful. And you know, you're involved in the community, of course, what seemingly feels like 24 seven from what I'm hearing, how has the proof community evolved since you joined?
1: So I started, I was hired in order to kind of help uh, with the influx of new people that were coming for the Moonbirds Mint. So I started a couple of weeks before Moonbirds launched. And so before then it was just Proof Collective, which is a a collective of a thousand members, right? But it's, it's an, a thousand NFTs. I would say maybe it's like, actively people who were in there, maybe two to 300 people who were there every single day and super active. It was always, there's a lot of people in there, a lot of conversation, but it was not, it's not the same as your typical NFT PFP project. And so in launching Moonbirds, the community has absolutely like blown up because it's allowed us to get more visibility onto like what Proof is doing in general, because now we have this larger audience. And it also allows people who have always sort of looked up to what Proof was doing, now this sort of entrance into our world. And I think it's sort of elevated a number of these collectors to, you know, kind of onboarding them onto art or other long-term projects and sort of exposing them to it. So it's been an entryway through a PFP, but it's also kind of like helped us disseminate this whole ethos and this whole idea of like long-term holding as well as like art collecting. And so, the proof community has absolutely changed, but it's pretty cool to see some degens talking about squigs, right? Like it's pretty cool yep. to see that happen. And to know that I think we're leaving a long lasting impact, whether or not they they hold forever or sell, I think they'll kind of keep some of the conversations that they were having in this discord, you know, in the back of their head for a long time compared to your, your standard PFP project.
0: And so you bring up a good point how you got brought on during the moonbirds mint. So for those who don't know, within the proof ecosystem, you've got the proof collective, you got Mm -hmm. moonbirds, and you've got oddities. Does it get increasingly more difficult to manage these communities as new members join? And like, what tools do you have in place to try to keep the chaos together? yes it
1: does (laughs) what i will say thankfully is that we do have a lot of a huge overlap i would say like maybe only 20 percent of proof collective holders don't have an oddity i mean a moonbird um so the majority of them are also moonbirds the same with with moonbirds and oddities as well so even when oddities dropped the majority of people held on to them and so we only have like a, a handful of new oddities right but next year we're also launching you know mythics and it's going to be a very very slow rollout we haven't like quite announced the exact mechanics of it but we, by the time we're done um, it will be 20 in you know, a 20k project as well so we're only getting bigger right you know one of the things that that very much helped was adding to our community team uh we've gotten you know more and more people who are there kind of helping on the day-to-day with the discord as well as our head of uh customer experience or community experience is a former zendesk guy and so oh, there we yeah, go yeah and he's amazing because he like knows exactly how to monitor like all of those like sort of stats of, of things and how we best how we best like put everyone on the right schedule for like the right super crazy times um he's helped us build like a really cool bot that allows us to just sort of we don't have to always be on the discord we can do it sort of by email but it also pings them back what we say on discord and so we have all of these sort of tools that help us manage that more but sometimes it's it's crazy like it's not gonna lie sometimes it's crazy but it's fun and i think that we we're doing a really good job and i think that we'll definitely be expanding our community team as we prep up for 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 mythics but ultimately again we've been around long enough that everyone kind of knows what the vibes are and they're really really good at sort of self-moderating like it's been really cool to sort of see over these cycles when new things happen. And when it gets kind of crazy to just watch some of the OGs answer the questions for us and like help other people help new people in and like all
0: of that stuff. And so I understand that there's a lot of overlap with the audiences from you, from what you just said, Mm -hmm. how much of the strategy of managing the communities is overlapped versus having to speak to different audiences. Sure, sure.
1: I would say, like, they are quite different, actually. I would, especially even maybe by age. Like, let's just say, let's just, you know, keep it simple. Generally speaking, by age, I would say Proof Collective tends to be older, especially because those those holders are the ones who minted. Most of them are first and foremost Kevin Rose fans. And Kevin Rose has been in the game in, you know, in tech for over 20 years, right? So a lot of them are a little older. Just because they knew who kevin was and then i would say the then moonbirds are a little younger uh they skew a little younger and then oddities are probably the youngest and i think it also kind of aligns with you know the size of your bags how wealthy you are et etc cetera, etc cetera, right oddities because they are you know a Gremlin original and because they were a little bit cheaper i think that we tend to bring in folks who want to like have more of a, a fun just vibes type like i would say oddities is like the toads crypto dick butts, kind of nerdy, like kind of fun, Pepe memes, like all of that stuff, that's that's oddities. And they're so much fun. And they have access to the Bird Lounge too. So they come in and hang out and they're usually like just like the more kooky ones. I would say Moonbirds tends to be like, I'm proud of how well I've done in this market because I've done the analytics and mm-hmm. I have like research and I've deep dive and I feel like I'm smart money, but I don't have a lot of money or if I do, I'm not going to be like super degen about it. There are the, they, those exist for sure, but generally, generally speaking. And then I would say the, uh, proof collective tends to be a, I'm here. I believe in long-term investing, you know, I invested in Apple, you know, in 1996 or whatever. I'm just here for the community. Uh, I want, people to maybe help me expand my view on the NFT space. What's going on with Bored Apes today? Like, what? what why is the everything so crazy going on? Because I'm not, I don't have the time to scroll Twitter all day, right? I don't have time to sit on spaces. So, so I want somebody to kind of help me, you know, sort of figure out what, what's going on in this space. And I'm a complete diamond hand because I don't need to flip anything. I'm I'm fairly comfortable and I'm fairly confident in this thesis and I'm mature enough to kind of hold. So that's what i would say that all those three are
0: that brings me to the point of the nft space changes every 24 hours it seems like and that also includes community sentiment is it mm-hmm. possible to stay ahead of what the community is going to say or do or are you constantly being reactive in your role oof
1: um it's a combination of both, but it, it definitely is most it's definitely more so reactive just because you never know what someone's going to say, like on Twitter or anything else, right? Like you can do what you can to to message properly and communicate properly in in your world. But if somebody decides to, you know, throw a, a wrench into whatever, you have to be very reactive to manage the community sentiment like internally as well. So every iteration. A lot of what we're doing here is producing really, really good quality, but also making sure that we let everyone know that we're all still learning and that we're all like iterating on everything, right? So there are certain ways and tactics of how we'll release information that maybe, maybe didn't work this time or maybe did work this time and what i love about my team is that they're always down to listen to feedback and are down to implement that multiple times and so whenever we do something we'll always go into the discord We'll always check out twitter we're always like linking things on our slack to just see what that community sentiment is and then the next time we have that sort of situation let's see if we can do this better and let's see what people think but there's always going to be somebody who has a problem with it. There's always going to be someone that says we didn't do it enough or we did too much. And we're also kind of getting better at like, no, we're confident in like what we're doing here. This is just sort of part of the game. If somebody doesn't like it, we'll take it if it's constructive, but it's also like, we have to keep going i think we've gotten enough on this pattern that we like okay i think we know what we're doing we're, we're good here you know so yeah it's uh it's not something you can control and it's not something i would recommend anyone try to control because it's just not it's not possible
0: <laughs> and on the topic of evolution and changing has the concept of effectively managing a community changed since you entered the space
1: Yes, yes. You know, one of the things that I really thought in the beginning about community management was about the discord and making sure that I'm on the discord and I'm making internally like everything is like vibey as possible right when there'd be a lot of craziness that was going on out on Twitter and it wasn't like something that was like a super big focus for me because I always kind of thought community management just meant this one thing but I think that it's actually really important to make sure that you spread the word make sure that your Twitter presence is also there as well I think a community manager or you know director of vibes or whatever if you are the face or the the fr- the first line of defense for the community you want everyone to kind of know that know who you are and make sure that they know that they can come to you or ping you or or anything like that so i would say like halfway through this year i wanted to place more of a a focus and attention on the con- community sentiment outside of the discord um because that's a whole nother channel that also needs to be kind of taken care of. And so I'm always there sort of like answering questions for anybody who has it. I'm searching the Moonbirds chat, like mentions and stuff and making sure I am like there to answer any questions or to clarify anything. And just sort of going into other communities like on other spaces, et cetera, et cetera. Just sort of making sure that people know, especially when, you know, Kevin and Justin are just so busy that it's important that we do that.
0: And when it comes to changing up your game as it relates to managing the community, how much of it is coming from trends and what you're reading about is working with other communities versus just experimenting and listening to your gut?
1: Oh, um, I would say maybe 50-50, really.
0: I don't want to necessarily like
1: pump myself up or anything like that, but I will say one of the reasons why I'm so successful is that I can really read people fairly well. I can kind of read a reaction of like what I think is going to happen. And so that definitely helps me uh, manage how I communicate with people. But also I think one of my other biggest strengths is like being kind of really plugged into everything. Like for example, and this isn't really necessarily about community management, but when we were going in chain, I, one of the questions I asked the engineers, uh, does this, will this work on the Twitter hacks? Um, because if we're going to be doing this and expanding on this in chain thing with like a bunch of different things like, you know, backgrounds or all these other new ideas, we want to make sure that people can prove, you know, that they own this Moonbird and can flex all of these like customizations on, on Twitter. Like it's such a like tiny little thing, but by being so plugged into the space and the trends, knowing that that would be that that little thing could be really important to people. And it's not, you didn't just like Photoshop it, like here it is like this is like the real thing and so you know people who want to buy a proof collective pass and a moonbird, that's an expensive thing you know you you want to be able to prove that hey i own both of these things and here it is on the blockchain and so i made sure that they uh kind of implemented that and turned out we created this sort of like newer i'm not not brand new or anything like that or super innovative but like we made the the code make sure that it would work on on hexes and so just so you know, yeah, Twitter doesn't work for on-chain things usually, right? If it's an SVG file, it won't work on uh, the Twitter hexes. And so I think that kind of staying into the space and knowing the space and knowing kind of what's sort of important for uh, our community outside of like the bigger things I think has been really helpful. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a D-Gen, you know, first and foremost, and that's what I kind of started out in this space with. And so I have, you know, I've always had like this sort of private alpha chat, networking group, group of friends. And we pride ourselves in being able to kind of just like analyze things and understand the market. And we've known each other for over a year now and we're all super strong and super great on that. And that like, so I've had over a year of like just being really super glued into the space that I think that most teams are probably too busy to be doing that. Like uh, most teams, or a community manager may just be like i just i'm just focused on what's going on with this one project i don't have the time to do that but again i love this space and so if i see that another project is doing something like it's it's always really helpful to have that bigger picture of like what's the general sentiment of the market these days what's the meta like what's the new wave what are people doing like if it's all anime themed like i wouldn't be surprised if moonbirds floor went down because the meta is like these illustrated drawn hype like anime stuff or you know et cetera, et cetera right and so it helps definitely get a bigger picture of the general market sentiment and i think that that's the best thing that you can do if you work on a team is to try to get plugged in as much as you can even though it it can be a lot right
0: yeah that that was such a strong overview. Thank you so much for that. One of the last points I want to chat about is diversity and inclusion, which I know is incredibly important to you. And I know it's incredibly important to proof ecosystem. How does a project actually stick to staying inclusive and not just using it as a buzzword?
1: Yeah, that's a big question. Okay. Step one, I think internally, it's really kind of important that we reflect a, a diverse, workforce i think that allows you to get you know a bigger picture of uh, and and other ideas just because people from all walks of life have different opinions and ways of thinking and it definitely opens your eyes and so we have you know a global team we have people in hong kong we have people in in europe um you know in poland um as well as you know people of color on our team not that, that any of that matters but it does make me feel better um and it does i think make everybody feel a little bit more comfortable with a more diverse set of ideas not everyone can look you know like kevin right and i think that's a good thing and i know that that's something that Kevin, through his years of working in in tech, kind of understands. Like that's something that was always really important for tech as well. And especially like even being a woman in the space, like it's so important to see women in all these other sort of like bigger roles. Like Maggie Richmond is our uh, director of events, and she's a killer, and she's an amazing you know mentor to me. Harry from Divergence is a huge big brain, and she's an incredible mentor to me. Like it's really awesome to see that it's not just in these sort of like admin roles or something like that you're seeing people really like kick ass as women and that's awesome right and i think as well in in our community especially like on the art side let's say we have a really really big focus on making sure that we you know present emerging artists from all over the world from all walks of life it makes the art more diverse it makes it a more interesting collection anytime, anytime we drop something and it also kind of gives this like freedom of what Web3 is all about, of like equal chances for, for anybody as long as your work is good, right? And so I think we want to always try to encourage that in everything that we do. You know, we started, as well within the Moonbirds world with the oddities and we gave some away under this sort of guise that we would try to bring in as many you know diverse folks as possible. And so that wasn't necessarily just women or people of color, but it was like people who couldn't necessarily afford it. It was you know people who were super plugged into the space, but just like didn't necessarily have the money to get an oddity. And so this idea of diversity through the oddities giveaway pro- uh, program really try to capture a variety of different communities that we wanted to give them away to you know we started with endowment.org you know so anybody who has a focus of of wanting to give away to charity we would love that kind of diverse you know opinions in our community we had unicorn Dow and you know they they gave them away to some of their artists and uh, they're female artists and people of color, and so we were able to bring a lot of those folks in. We had BFF, and so they were able to to give away to you know their their community, which is mostly women, and so it was a it was a variety of and we even had DECA too, which is amazing because like DECA, you know had this contest that you needed to to create a gallery, and so we were able to get some really really cool very creative people who work their ass off to to win an oddity and that's awesome too right so it just allowed us to kind of expand our reach a little bit and i think that's like one of the most important things uh that we can do it's not necessarily diverse on what you look like but just sort of like diverse points of view
0: that was wonderful to hear i i genuinely appreciate that and i i really hope anyone who's building a business a project a you name it, can hear that answer because I think it's so incredibly important. And Amanda, I want to thank you so much for joining this podcast. Thanks it's actually me. flew by and really I have more <laughs> questions, but hopefully I can get you back on uh, off the chain another time. But this was very special. And I'm glad that we now have this relationship. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come speak with me.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dylan.
0: Thank you. And I'll talk to you soon. That's it, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time.